up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the neat on belly podcast we are your hosts nate jonathan and brandon and boys today we are going to recap the last ufc fight card of 2022 as jared cannoneer defeating sean strickland in the main event but let's be honest the co-main event (laughs) was the star of this show then brandon He's going to give us our final scores of the year as we will crown a new picks champion for the year of 2022. It's either me or Brandon as the new champ. I honestly, as I sit here, do not know. (laughs) I don't know. I really don't remember. Then all the news and happenings in the world of MMA, but also John is going to lead us in a game of two truths and a lie. MMA edition. Yeah, buddy. And finally, on the way out, we will give you guys our top five Christmas movies of all time. Mm-hmm. All that and more. But first, boys, last UFC card of the year. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about it. Let's go. It's been a long year, man. It's been a long year. Good fights, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. And good fight nights, good free fights. And that's something that can't be overlooked. Um, because we've had some underwhelming pay per views, we had some underwhelming fight nights too. But the fact that it's free makes it even better. I feel like overall, though, every every card for the most part, I'd say the vast majority were really good cards. Right. Like even the fight nights and in the pay per views. But so we actually recorded our year end award show last week, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, and we said, which you know, it's a little bit of a disclaimer that we put at the beginning, but that. We had to record it before this past Saturday's fight. So anything that happened last night, right, um, would get rolled into next year's fights. Be honest, there might be a couple things in there, which we can get to as we go through these fights, but early candidates, right? Because we're already seeing, technically for us, these are fights and people to consider for next year. So kind of as we go, keep that in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. Because I think there was a couple that stood out to me that like, oh, these could be early candidates for next year. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we want to try to track better. Um, So we're kicking right off with it. Um, And as like, while we're on the award show though, next week, as we mentioned, our award show, our uh, second annual Neon Belly Mixed Martial Arts Award Show, Wednesday, December Mm -hmm. 28th. So no Monday episode, uh, as that is the day after Christmas. So, uh, no Monday, but we will be uploading on Wednesday, December 28th. Don't want to miss it. Awards show. Uh, and we also did a uh, yearly, uh, how would you describe the game? Was it like a uh, it's like a trivia through the year? Yeah. So as we're giving out the mm-hmm. awards, we kind of I asked a couple of trivia questions and we'd give an award. But what I did is I started in January and I came up with like, headlines and a pop culture thing but for mma yeah so it was just kind of like the year of 2022 and i quizzed these guys on some of the biggest stories headlines results retirements um and let's be honest we kind of put john on trial a little bit yeah about his lack of watching oh yeah that's true you don't want to miss that (laughs) we had an intervention with john It, it just happened live on the pod. We're leaving it in there, though. It didn't change anything, so. That's <laughs> so one fight in. It's so. really unfortunate. Um, <laughs> then we will be back to our regular Monday uploads, kicking off the top of the year. The first Monday episode of the year uh, will be January 2nd. 
So we're coming right back. Um, and it's obviously no fights to preview, obviously no fights to recap. Uh, so it's just going to be a fun game of MMA Jeopardy. I'm hosting it. It's going to be you two versus our very own Jacob Herlock. I can't wait. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to say the least. I yeah. know he's he's already been chirping at me. He, he wants he wants your head. I think he'd be okay with second as long as he doesn't lose to you. Yeah, which I don't understand why because I feel like I, I lose most of the games we do. So well, like, he, I feel like he enjoys beat, beating you. That's fair. You talk about the race. You talk about other things. It's funny yeah. you say that. I actually told John this yesterday. I was like, Brandon's going to struggle, but then I was like, but Brandon kind of struggles at most. Of the game. I feel like Brandon's <laughs> yeah. lost most of the games. Uh, so yeah. We're actually going to get a two-week break out of all this, which we're excited for, but the pod is going nowhere. You're still going to have the Neon Mm -hmm. Belly podcast every week between now and the first fight is January... 13th? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Is it the Kelvin and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you're, Neon Belly's going nowhere. Right. But we're going to get a much needed two-week off as we are pre-recording those two episodes. But I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. No, They're going to be fun. The, yeah, the award show is fun. I can, We're recording the Jeopardy episode, mm-hmm. I think, Tuesday, two days from now. So, I know that's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, don't miss them. Um, and then John... Rate, sub, follow before we get into this UFC fight night. Mm. So for the last time this year. Well, not, not not really. I mean, yeah, because the next one will be January 3rd after this episode, no. right? December 28th. The award show. I just no, said it, John, show. but no big deal. Either way, <laughs> no it's the last deal, time John. I'm going to tell you, if you have an iPhone, go on to Apple Podcast, give us a review, leave us five stars. It helps us so much. Spotify also offers a five-star um, rating, which also, I mean, we don't know exactly how much it helps, but everything helps. Uh, social media, Neon Belly Podcast, that's TikTok, that's uh, Instagram, we're on YouTube under the same name. Uh, so yeah, go there, leave us some comments, tell us some things you want us to talk about, send us messages, whatever. We're open to ideas to expand things next year, so please, please hit us up. Funny thing, when we did the year in award show, I literally said, Brandon, for the last time in 2022, mm. John already forgetting. No big deal. I John. mean, it is kind of a confusing. I mean, it's really <laughs> I've like really tried to like remember everything. Right. Like we've, I just told you guys my notes are all out of whack because I'm yeah. like, we're done. We did an episode three from now. We've, it's, we've already it's, done our last episode of the year. Yes. Well, we did the last episode before we're doing two <laughs> yes. more. They're going to come before. So, I'm, so. I'm, it's all right. You guys listening don't have to worry about any of this. The episodes are coming to you. Um, but yes, we have, um, as we go into this next year, like I said, I, which I guess I, said, I was going to say, I said it last week, but I said it on next week's episode for a year. Yeah, come on, Nate. What are you I doing, know. dude? It's so tough. <laughs> Just told you. Uh, but we did see growth this year, as we should. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, I think between Apple and Spotify, I want to say Apple's at like 27 five-star reviews. And I think Spotify is around like 11, maybe last I looked. Yeah, maybe like 13, 14 yes. at the most. Okay, so maybe you're around like 40. You know, we got more people listening than that. Right. So please help us out. It's it's free, and it takes literally two seconds, and we it means, I know it seems simple, stupid, like it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal to us. So please help us out, especially as we move into this next year and, and just want to continue to grow. So mm-hmm. boys, without further ado, we've done enough talking. Let's <laughs> get to these fights as Jared Cannon here. Defeating Sean Strickland via split decision, 49-46. Every judge scoring it that way, uh, but all three judges' scorecards completely different. Um, this was as, as close as a fight can get. Mm-hmm. Razor thin on the scorecards, and like I said, they definitely reflect that. Um, 
I will say not the most exciting fight we've ever seen as both guys were kind of playing this like high level chess match that we do see sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and it really came down to me to Jared pressing forward walking Strickland down, trying to find his way on the inside. Obviously, he utilized some late kicks very well um, in this fight. But then Sean Strickland just fought a safe fight. And I don't mean that really in a negative way because mm-hmm. he's fighting Jared Cannonier, right? Um, it was a good game plan, uh, but he just stayed long, stayed pumping out that jab for five rounds. Um and just really stayed out of the way of Jared's shots. Really noticeably frustrating Cannoneer. You know, to one point, I, I want to say already in the second round, Cannoneer was like, come on, I thought we were going to do this in the middle. You know, mm-hmm. Cannoneer started talking to Strickland. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Sean's punches more disrupted Cannoneer as to where when Cannoneer landed, it was really seeming to do more damage. You know, mm-hmm. Sean kind of wearing that by the fifth round especially. Um, and maybe that's just what the judges sh- saw, right? Uh, because I really, and we've had this discussion, I feel like all years it comes down to volume versus power mm-hmm. um and, and i guess even for me i don't i'm not sitting here today thinking that that was a robbery or controversial i've seen some people online being a little bit up in arms i think that's a little harsh mm-hmm. because that fight i feel like i could watch that fight four or five different times and i'm gonna score the rounds completely different i mean two judges literally same same judges scoring the same fight opposite giving opposite round like it, you know what i mean like like not a, not, four not, to one the, on two different fighters there yeah. wasn't a single round where all three judges saw Agreed. it the same way it, which is yeah. crazy yeah it was wild um but i but i feel like this isn't like jared gordon patty or you know blachovich uh Ankolaev controversy levels you no. know because i this was just so close i mean as mm-hmm. close as it can get um but your guys' kind of thoughts on that because i feel like I don't know. I think I even said by like the fifth round, I felt like Strickland may have done just enough in terms of, I felt like at that point he was the one coming forward. He was the one landing. And if it was two, two going into that, I kind of felt like he might've edged it out, but it's not like I'm sitting here today up in arms because this fight was so close. Yeah. To me, this was, like you said, it was a very close fight. Not the most fun to watch. Very technical. I think they both displayed, especially Strickland, like a great boxing. I mean, his jab, I kind of, we kind of yeah. forgot, right? Like he's coming off the loss to Alex Bejera, yeah. so kind of forgot what Strickland's a little bit known for there. Um, and I feel like he showed it in that fight, but Cannonier just possessing all the power and really keeping uh, Strickland moving back most of the fight. But to me, the controversy, um, it, I didn't think it was there. Like I, like you said, I think it was a close fight, but to me, I just think it was riding the coattails of the Patty and yeah. the Ankolaev fight. Sure. So it's kind of the low hanging yeah, fruit. Yeah, but but I don't feel like it was necessarily the case i i no. think that really either way you could make a case for the winner i wasn't i wasn't mad that cannonier walked away with sure. it could have seen sean walking away with it as well uh, but neither one to me was absolutely the clear decisive winner so yeah yeah i think it's just compounded from judging over the year you know yeah. at this point where we look especially at, at the end yeah right, right. and it's um <laughs> in the main event literally I mean, the last yeah. fight of the year <laughs> just the it kind of disguise or it kind of describes judging how judging went yeah um as far as a, a headline side but i do think that you know it was a very close fight i seen um verdict scorecard on twitter had uh cannoneer winning 47.69 to 47.46 like you can't these yeah. are decimals um and I, and i do agree i do think that um sean fought a really good fight 
the, his whole strategy, yeah. I think. And I said in the group, I think the only way you're going to be able to stop him from just jabbing you and sliding out the way is to be bigger or eat some and hit him, which is eventually what Cannonier yeah. had to start doing. Yeah. But even in the Pereira fight, you seen Strickland do this at first until you know he was able to parry that left and land that big left hook, which you seen Jared kind of go for a little bit sure. in those later rounds. Uh, I do think that he shouldn't have laid off the leg kick. I don't know if he ate a check and maybe – I know he uh, did Strickland, get checked. There, yeah, yeah there like one. three or yeah. four really good checks from Strickland. Like, and every even Ash watching – I mean, she doesn't really know what she's watching, but she was just like, ouch. I'm like, yeah, yeah those <laughs> cannot be fun. And, and maybe it's a thing where that's the only one he was working on because yeah. he could have gone obviously outside, inside, different legs. But I do think getting away from that kind of hurt him. Yeah. But he did start getting aggressive and kind of going for broke and landing some really big shots. Yeah. I know Strickland said he's – one of the best grapplers actually used it for one round um, for a little bit to get that takedown after the yeah. kind of the scramble there. But uh, he could have used that probably a lot more, obviously, in this fight. Yeah. But I know he thinks he definitely won. Um, but I don't feel great about, you know, like, yeah, this guy's definitely won this one. Even, like you said, even more than last weekend's with the main event. The same way you're talking about Cannonier getting back to the leg kicks, I, it was almost frustrating to watch Strickland and not see him open up a little bit more. You know, mm -hmm. just move That's beyond your jab a little bit, utilize more grappling, like you said. Because when I think about what these guys represent in the division, it's like your goal is to be chasing titles. Mm -hmm. I don't know how Strickland wins a title with just that game plan against anybody. It's a good point. You know, so that was just something to think it about. It is a good point. And, you know, I think a lot of people today, I've seen some like, you know, that was just a sparring match. You know, I don't want to go that far. I mean, I just think when you're playing at a super high level like this in a main event, I mean, it is tough, I'm sure, for those guys in the moment not to somewhat play it safe, and especially given where both of those guys out. I mean, Jared Cannonier is the third-ranked middleweight mm -hmm. in the world, right? So he's right there at a title shot. Um, but I do see what you're saying with Strickland because I do feel like the moments where he did kind of open up and really sit down on some punches and kind of let his combos go, he had success, mm -hmm. right? And even him, you know, he was kind of teeping to the body and having success with that as well. Kind of got away from that as the fight yeah, went on. Wasn't but, listening to his coach who just called for it at yeah. nauseum from the third round all the way to the fifth. Yeah. Calling for the teep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right up the middle, yeah. which it was open because, you know, Jared had to do kind of more rangy outside yeah. punches to get past the way that Stricken leaves his arms up and kind of blocks punches and leans back because he's so sure. tall. Yeah, I just like I just I think that's a good argument for Brian or case there, though, is, you know, I do think if he would have let him go a little bit more. Because he did clip Cannonier a couple times, but it was always off of letting his hands go. So, mm -hmm. but I think sitting here, like I said, Jared Cannonier, the number three ranked guy. Not many people, uh, obviously above him. The two guys sitting above him are Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya, two guys that he holds losses to. Those are the only two guys that he's lost to at 185 pounds. Um, he said he was not particularly rooting for anybody in the Izzy. Uh, Pereira match, but I have to feel like he has to somewhat be rooting for Alex to retain the title because one, if Izzy was to win, the trilogy fight could happen. Right. I mean, it's hard to make a case off, you know, Alex with only one uh, title defense, or but it'd still only, be the biggest fight you could. It'd make. be probably the biggest fight for Izzy, and everybody would want to see it because he did knock him out. Right, he did right. finish him. He was the first guy to do that to Izzy and. In mixed martial arts at his weight class. Um, but then also, given the freshness of the matchup, you know, he could make a better case for fighting Alex next over Whitaker. I don't really know, but I do know that we did just see him not long ago lose a pretty one-sided fight to Israel Adesanya. Mm -hmm. So I have to believe somewhere deep down, whether he wants to admit it or not, he's got to be watching that fight, hoping Alex can pull it off. So, because, uh, you know, they could do Whitaker Izzy after that again. You know, I don't know that they would do it just because it's like if you don't have to do it, if there's not, you know, the only mm -hmm. reason they've done it 
as many times as they have is because the title is on the line. So right. it's like you would probably like to save that when there is a title. But uh, sitting at number three, like I said, I feel like there's he's got to somewhat be rooting for Pereira in that yeah. rematch. He doesn't have to have any urgency to do too much more either, yeah. depending on how that goes, because yeah. he does have losses against some of the other guys. And, you know, one of the products of Izzy lapping the division so much is – I mean, all those guys in the top five are hoping kind of for an Izzy loss because Vittori has two losses. Whitaker has two losses. Like, Brunson has two losses. These are, you know, or a loss. So it's a situation where they're all kind of probably rooting for that, and they've all kind of got to the point now where they're having to fight each other. Sure. Boys, in our co-main event, are you ready? Armand Salukian defeating Demir Ismagulov. 30-27, all three judges' scorecards. Sarukian, excuse me, boys, pitching an absolute shutout here against Ismagulov. Um, I think Demir did a great job uh, offering some resistance to Sarukian, especially defending some of those early takedowns and getting back up to his feet when he mm-hmm. was taken down. Um uh, you know, I wondered after that first round if Demir uh, could have kind of forced a stand-up battle heading into that second. I was like, man, maybe Sarukian's getting tired, you know, the arm's getting a little heavy. So I'm like, okay, if he can force a stand-up battle here, this mm-hmm. could get interesting. Um, but, you know, even on the feet, I thought going into that second round, Demir looked a little hesitant. Um, and I'm sure he had to do something with those takedowns, you know, just being worried about getting taken down like that. And ultimately, Sarukian just way too good in mm-hmm. that department. Um the way that he chains together his takedowns is high, high level. I mean, and it's the only reason that he can take a guy like Demir down. Like we said last week, I think he's only been taken down once in the UFC, like 90% takedown defense. Mm-hmm. You don't take guys like that like that down unless you have the ability to chain things together, in my opinion, the way that Sarukian does. And there's not many guys, not even just in this division, but in the world, in mixed martial arts, I think they have that ability to do that. I think he's fought both of them already. And he has, yeah. <laughs> And, and I mean, I don't even know if Islam can chain him together the way Sarukian can, if I'm being honest. Much, for sure. Uh, but I'm sitting here today, and I want Sarukian in the top five, and I want it now. I just think he's that good. Yeah, I really do. I mean, like, what are, I mean, what are we waiting for? That's kind of how I feel. I mean, it makes you wonder where he would have been if they had given him the nod against Gamrot, right? <laughs> Which I mean, was a close I mean, fight. Yeah, I mean, he I thought he fights Benil yeah. Yeah, instead I mean, of Gamera it, in that situation. And he, yeah. I mean, he called for Benil and Charles. So yeah, I mean, he he just beat a guy who's a former M1 global champion and was on a 19 fight win streak heading into that. Um, and I think that's important because you have to realize how good Demir is to understand how impressive this win is. And and I understand Demir like not that well known, but like if you're like a little nerdy fight guy like we like us, you know how good yeah, this you guy watch that is. Last fight, you know, oh, what it's you're crazy coming into for this. Um, but I just think Sarukian deserves to be fast tracked. And given the history with Islam, how close that fight was, um, I think he's the only one in the lightweight, uh, top 10 lightweight, excuse me, that even poses a threat. Uh, to the champion right now one mm-hmm. of the only ones and I want either Armand versus Charles Oliveira or Armand versus Benil Dariush like what are like yeah. there's no other options in my opinion um, because I, I do think Gaethje fights Eve is probably going to happen it seems like so you know if they're kind of booked up but like I mean, come on, you wouldn't want to see him on Sarukian versus Charles Oliveira. Right. I mean, that matchup would just be insane. I think I would prefer that one. Cause It'd if, be so fun. Yeah, yeah, but on the one hand, if they pass up Benil. <laughs> and, and I will say that. like, I still hold my stance on Benil. Um, I think he does kind of hold some power here and should. Um, so if he doesn't want to fight and hold out, 
you know, I've said that and I'm not going to change off that stance because I think he's just done enough and where mm-hmm. he is in his career, you know, kind of like we talked about with a guy like Glover, it's like, who knows how much more time there is. So it's like, if he wants to wait, he should be able to have that opportunity. But Armand's next fight has got to be like a number one contender main yeah. event or a co-main on a pay-per-view, like something big. I would love to see him and Benil because to see what, Darush was able to do with Gamrot's a takedown attempts and how how crazy Sarukian and Gamrot's takedown exchanges were and the way that he was able to completely negate that. I would love to see how he stacks up with that. And Benil has some sneaky striking as well. But like you said, I'm I if I was him, maybe I do wait it out because there is so much unknown at the top with yeah. the super fight happening and what's Charles doing and all these other things. Do, do do you feel like if there's any room for criticism in that fight, it's that Armand, like while he was completely offensive, grappling, wrestling heavy, there was a little, it, not that it, it didn't seem like he was not trying to finish um, Ismagulov, but it to me didn't seem like there was a whole lot of raining down, let's say ground and pound strikes. Yeah, um, which is weird because he does that. I mean, he has done that. I mean, you go back to that Joel Alvarez fight, yeah. right? I mean, he just split that right. dude open. Could be who Demir is, though. It could be. That level of, you don't want to get in a scramble to where he he ends up on top because there you. was at the first round, right? Didn't uh, Demir yeah. get on top and like for Landed a split some, second some there, a couple shots? Yeah. Oh my gosh! And for, yeah, so when that I was gonna bring that up, like that's just one of those things where you're like, okay, this guy's different. When Demir was in full mount mm. and Sarukian just really, literally oompas him, and yeah, just like, him just like I would, yeah, it really wasn't even like an oompa, just like literally, just like all right, it's time for me to get off my back now. <laughs> yeah. It just flips him and just ends up in guard. Like, dude, people like and and once again, Demir is Magulov. No scrub. And no. and I even told you guys after that fight, I'm like, as kind of one-sided as that was, I want to see Demir face Dustin Poirier. I want to see him face Justin Gaethje because I think people will be pretty shocked. Mm-hmm. But if Armand Saruki, and, and, and he's one of the bigger lightweights too, Demir Ismagulov's a big dude, man, mm-hmm. for that division. So it's just like the fact that he was able to do that is just like mm-hmm. freaking real. Yeah. And just kind of like, I mean, dude, like, like I said, even somebody like me with limited wrestling knowledge to be able to watch and notice like how he's chaining like, oh, the double leg. Okay, now I'm going to go to a single or, you know, like high. Like he's just like, he never stops, man. Mm-hmm. It's like as soon as Ismagulov shut one thing down, Sarukian was already like working to the next one anyways. Well, it's like and with high, that high level, it's almost like who who's going to run out of answers first? Like who's going to mm-hmm. get into a position where they're like, okay, I'm just kind of yeah. checked out of what to do next here. And the next person's got one extra step right. in play. And then that's, you know, that's where they take and over. And that's why I think, you know, like you look at the matchups for Islam after Volk, right? <clears throat> Once again, we'll say if it's Benil, it's Benil. Fine. I can definitely live with that, but it's just like who else after that? And it's like, this is an actual storyline with a guy that's actually like that dude. And he's mm-hmm. actually that good who, Oh, by the way, has already fought Islam did lose, but was a very close on short fight. notice. Yeah. Short notice on, and his it was first a, fight in the UFC. Took Islam down, right? Yeah. Yes, it was the. Uh, I think he was the second. No, I think he was the first guy to take Islam down in the UFC. But only two people have done that in the UFC, and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. And he's only gotten better. Fair enough. Islam has too. I'm sure it was a right. while ago. But I'm just saying, man. Like, if there's a story, if there's something for people to really like, because. Islam could run into the Habib thing really quick where people also get a little uninterested, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, and I don't want to say like uninterested, but just where it's like, oh, he's just going to run through everybody, right? <laughs> so it's like just to inject some parody, you're like, oh, he might actually might be able to beat this oh, guy. Yeah. You know, storylines like, are what make these guys stars, right? Yeah. It's the, the, 
you know, grudge matches. It's the heated rivalries. That's the stuff that I think takes it. And this is why when people bring up Patty at the 155 division, it's tough because all these guys yeah. are such killers and people just don't know them. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine, like people know now. Imagine they, Patty versus Demir Ismagulov. Right. I mean, or even like that, or even like Guram or some of these other guys <laughs> where it's just like, dude, there's a lot of tough fights up here that uh, people just don't know about. It's so scary, man. It's so scary. But that fight was the one that had my interest. And, and not only after but going into it because i really felt like whoever wins this fight i mean they even kind of talked about it after is these two are probably the most ducked guys in lightweight and it was just kind of like well we're just gonna fight each other and whoever moves on moves on and you just can't yeah i mean good lord dude i'm telling you those guys are gonna fight again and it's gonna (laughs) be for a title one day uh but the next fight boys brandon cover your ears alex caceres defeating julian juicy j at rosa Via TKO, head kick in round one. And boy, that that drop makes more sense than ever. Just a beautiful performance here by Bruce Lee. Leroy. 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 Uh, he really just never allowed Julian Arosa to get into this fight, I thought. Um, he was having so much success with the boxing, mixing in the kicks uh, behind everything. Yeah. Um, and then that KO was just beautiful. Uh, throws the left hand and follows it with that left head kick. It just connects flush. I mean, his shin went straight to Arosa's face, and that is the exact same combo that Leon knocked Usman out right mm-hmm. you know you they talk about it as a southpaw you throw that left they you know slip to the right and that head kicks just following it and i mean he landed it and executed it perfectly uh, just a nice finish for caceres ending julian arosa's four fight win streak and becoming a winner of six boys in his last seven alex caceres sneaky sneaky mm-hmm. good year i feel like we've been talking about it like the past slow. few fights we've talked about his kind of slow little uh yeah. streak he's got going on here um, but anyway, that I'm not a kickboxer, but his the what the angle he threw that kick from to me was just incredibly impressive. I mean, he just yeah. seemed so close when he threw it, and at the same mm-hmm. time, like you said, it came from behind the left hand, but it just seemed like there was no telegraph whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, uh, Julio had no. I mean, he couldn't have seen that coming, even yeah. if he yeah. was staring directly at his leg the entire time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it almost felt delayed too. Like it wasn't right after. It's like after he did it, he addressed it, and then all of a sudden, it's like, nope. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's like I think what Brandon said, he was just so close. I think he had to kind of find the angle as he was throwing the kick to be able to, you know, kind of connect it flush, which just the fact he was able to make that adjustment as the leg was coming up almost to kind of create that delayed effect that you're saying is just crazy, man. Mm -hmm. It's high level stuff. And I mean, with your last loss being a decision loss to Sadiq Youssef, who is a monster as well. Yeah, he was on a roll before Um, that. Yeah, to win, you know, five in a row before that and then even get back on track like this. Like, he's, I mean, he's been around for a while. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he gets enough credit. He's been in the UFC since 2011. You know, he came in off the Ultimate Fighter with just a ton of hype. Um, didn't exactly live up to that hype right off the show. I think he lost his first couple in a row. And Dana in the UFC just kind of moved on from him, right? As they naturally do is, you know, guys just don't maybe always pan out. Uh, but Caceres just kept going, man. Mm-hmm. Um, had some ups, had some downs. But, you know, here late in his career, seems to be having just a real resurgence of sorts. Of, mm-hmm. uh, finding, I don't even want to say finding him old self his old self but just just getting better renewing himself um so i guess we'll just kind of finish it up with that is as we move into this new year i mean what do you guys think bruce leroy i mean what is his ceiling here you know could he find his way into the top 15 in this next year i think he's a feather is a feather feather. featherweight you know it's a tough division man but 
Yeah, I mean he's fought some good. I mean he's fought like the Ye years and some other guys in the division. Uh, lost that, but I mean, but that was are, a good fight. Yeah, that's a decision. Right. Yeah, it was in 2016. So I mean, there's I don't think there's any reason to not say that he doesn't yeah. have the potential because when you when he shows up like this, I don't know who beats him on a night like he had. Yeah, he was just yeah. I mean, he was just definitely just kind of teeing off on. And, and when you talk yeah. about trying to remember something for the end of next year, the way that that kick landed and. It could be one, that's you know, one you might got to think about. Definitely could be one for sure. I agree. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I mean, imagining Alex Caceres' name in the top 15, I would be interested to know, and I don't, obviously don't have the time to do this, but I, to my knowledge, the answer is no. Since we've had the featherweight division, since they've done these rankings, right? I don't even remember when the rankings started in the UFC, but has Alex Caceres ever been a ranked fighter? I wouldn't. Th- I would say he has. I don't think he has, man. Because he's. If you look at his career, he's always been so up and down. Well, when you win five in a row, I imagine he, he might have got right something. Now, I don't think so, man. Because I think maybe that Yusef fight was like the one where it was like, okay, if he wins this, he's going into the top fifteen, and he lost. Mm, right. Now you know you beat a guy like Orosa, who on a four fight win streak, no slouch. You know maybe that helps get him in there. But it's like, you know, I don't want to go crazy and say he's going to make it into the top ten in the next year. But it's like. Man, does does Bruce Leroy get his name in the top fifteen in the next year? Because that'd be interesting, man. That'd just be cool for him. Yeah, there's some good. F- I mean, Sadiq right now is at twelve, and I mean that wasn't a, a trash performance sure. by him at all. It was a Who's good 15? fight. A uh, fifteen is Jonathan Pierce, and you have Edson Barbosa and Dan Ige in your bottom three of the division. So I mean, who knows? You know, especially with some of these guys losing or people change divisions, like he has opportunity. Yeah, and he's one of them vets that I feel like you know might step in on a, sure. a ranked guy and maybe surprise some people next year. Boys, the next fight, Drew Dober defeating Bobby Green via second round knock. Do we hit it again? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we hit it again. (laughs) Boys, if I showed you that first round, just showed you the first round of this fight, and then I just showed you a picture of Bobby Green and how this fight ended, you'd probably be so confused (laughs) because Bobby Green in that first round of this fight looked like he was just going to run away with this thing. Mm -hmm. I mean... Teeing Dober up, right? I mean, just was faster, smoother. Dober couldn't get inside. He, I mean, just literally hands at his waist, too. Just like every time Dober came in, bow, bow. You know, he was just eating it, man. Um, and then, uh, but in true, and even in true Drew Dober fashion, though, despite getting wobbled in the first round, uh, came back, found his way to Bobby Green's chin with that massive left hook. Uh, but yeah, your guys' thoughts, because once again, I'm already thinking into next year with our rankings. And you talk about another comeback of the year, which, spoiler alert, Drew Dober was a candidate this year for right. comeback of the year uh, for his fight with Terrence McKinney. Yeah, that's back-to-back comeback fights where he's been rocked, hurt. I mean, like I'm telling you guys, if you didn't see this fight, I I thought I was like, oh my gosh, Bobby Green is gonna kill him. I mean, it just it looked like it wasn't even gonna be close. Right. Even into the second round, he was still having success. Yeah. Well, with your prompt of you know showed you the first round, then show you a picture of Bobby Green, I'd be shocked until yeah. you told me it was Jude Dober, and it's like, well, yeah, well, it makes some that's sense. kind of what this guy yeah. does. Like he has a a cinder block for a head, and then he has him also in his hands. Um, yeah, I, I think it's scary for anybody in the division to think mm-hmm. that that's somebody you're going to be able to take out yeah. without, you know, controlling him or something. Because if you keep it on the feet, there's no, there's at no point where you're safe because he just right. keeps proving it over mm-hmm. and over. And I know he's got the submission loss to Islam, but at the same time, there was a small glimmer there when uh, he picked Bobby up and he hit, 
and went to toss him, and Bobby mm-hmm. ended up on top. Yeah. And uh, Dober looked like he was going straight into Ashy out of like a deep half position. Like the the grappling transition off the ground was really really yeah. uh, fascinating for me to kind of see there, and it was just real subtle. I think he was um, a D one wrestler, wasn't he? I know he's got some grappling credentials. I thought but he was it. I thought he was like. An- Really, he gives that off if he does. I thought he was a really credentialed wrestler. <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah, Go ahead. But any, anyway, that was just something that kind of stood out to me outside of the striking display that yeah. Bobby Green really had um, for the for the whole fight up to um, you know late in that second round. But yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, if Dober touches you, it's it could be lights out. So yeah. I mean, that's always scary it's for nuts, anybody. Dude. It is nuts, and it's like he's one of those guys where it's like, man, if you would just try to win instead of just going <laughs> for the fun, like. I, you he could be really legit in this division, man. I and I really do believe that. Uh, Does it almost give you kind of like shades of Chandler when you say that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like kind of just one of those guys where it's like, man, on paper you have the ability to win and do so many things within the fight, but you he just chooses violence every single time, <laughs> man, like uncontrollably. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even if you look at his losses since like you know 2019, it's Benil Islam and Brad Riddell. Yeah, like, and. And three knockouts in a row now for him. Sure. Uh, and then, once again, talking about 155, yeah. who's signing up for that? He's not even ranked, but who's signing up for that? Yeah, and, you know, and, and I guess, you know, the only thing I will say for Bobby Green, and this would be something we'd have to ask him, is I did get the vibe right before the knockout that he was getting a little tired. I felt like he was slowing down. Uh, he was kind of starting to breathe out of his mouth. It seemed like kind of heavy. So I don't know if maybe just the volume through that first round and a half just kind of caught up with him. But that combination was Yeah, but at the, oh, it was so crazy. And then he, like, on the way in, Bobby was still tagging. Bobby hit him like two or three times as Duber, Duber, as Dober, <laughs> Duber's way better, by the way. As Dober was coming in, like he still just ate a couple, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think at that point, it was just like kind of like we were talking about with Cannon here. It's like he just wasn't having success. And it's like, well, I'm just, I'm going to either going to lose this fight or I'm just going to have to get in here. And mm-hmm. he just got in there. And, and that's it. what Jeez. they were even saying to the main event with Jared Cannon here, where it's just like, hey, we've seen this earlier with Drew Dober. Sometimes you have to eat a couple. Yeah. You know, maybe take Perfect some on the shoulders yeah. just to try to get in to that reach. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you, I, 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 th- I imagine Bobby Green's going to have some nightmares of, Drew Dober, Duber Dober, Duber coming in at him, man. <laughs> Called out the number 10 ranked Jalen Turner saying he wants that problem. Um, what I loved about that right is, you know, Jalen Turner, another one of these guys like John just said in the top 10 that not enough people are talking about, right? right. Jalen Turner quietly sneaking into the top 10. Mm-hmm. I didn't even see that. I didn't realize he was that high. Yeah. No. So, and here's the thing, completely deserves it. Yeah. Not saying it's like shocking, but quietly sneaking into the top 10 after that win over Brad Riddell. Um, and man, what a problem Jalen Turner would be, for, especially for a guy like Drew Dober. I mean, he's like six four. Yeah, uh, that fight looks like so fun. Yeah, it almost looks like a middleweight. And his grappling in that Riddell fight was whoosh. well. And you know what I was thinking as soon as he did that, I was like, you know why I didn't know Jalen Turner was number ten? Because who's calling out Jalen Turner? <laughs> no. Nobody. Uh, but what do you guys think? You know, Turner obviously, as we just mentioned, being newer to the rankings at number ten. You know, do you think he should go back and fight an unranked guy like Dober, um, who is extremely tough to put away, and he can end your night in that one punch fashion? Um, you know, it'd just be a really risky fight having just kind of got and not only just sneaking into the rankings, but being up there at ten. It's like you got a lot to lose if you're Jalen Turner going into that fight against a guy like Dober, who, like I said, you can rock him, drop him. Sock him. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's still dangerous until he's out, out, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't take that fight if I was Jalen Turner. Just because of what you just said. People don't even know that he's the number 10 guy. Yeah. And, and Dober's not the guy. It's an amazing fight for us, 
right, as people who are in the know, but that's not a needle mover per se that's like, oh, well, he beat Drew Dober, so let's give him, you know, a number seven, number eight yeah. guy. And I think in a division full of these type of fighters, you kind of have to shoot more for the Chandler, Gaethje guys because those are the guys who are gatekeeping the top five by fighting you, each other. What about uh, Dober Patty? <sighs> I just see. <laughs> hey, you know what? Right? Like, I'm like right. we've talked. Name. I say, well, and like we've talked about. Who else did we mention last week? You know, other guys like a like a Terrence McKinney. Yeah. You know, these are guys that they are kind of like right there where Patty probably is in the ranking. So, in terms of where they are, it would make sense. But I think if you're Dana White in the UFC, there is no way you're <laughs> you, wanting that fight right now. Yeah, you could sell it a little bit. Uh, Drew Dober's most of his losses are submissions. That's how Patty tries to win. Yeah, you know, both knock each other down. Who knows? But if you're Patty's agent, you're probably like, man. We'll see, we'll see who else is out there. I don't think I'm ready for that. The comebacks last night were, uh, there was a lot of them, and <laughs> none bigger than Saeed Nurmagomedov defeating Saeed Yokuv Kakramanov via second round guillotine. Boys, Kakramanov won every second of this fight until yeah. his hands were tapping Saeed's back. Mm. Literally every second of this fight came straight out. And just got all over uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov. Saeed not related to Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, and then the pressure just never, ever let up. Basically doing to Saeed what we've kind of see seen him do to other guys. You know, mm -hmm. he forced this fight into a pure grappling match. Um, gave Saeed all he could handle, which kind of bummed me out because... I really wanted to see more of Saeed striking. He's a fantastic striker, and I was mm -hmm. really hoping to see more of that on display here. Um, but, man, Kokramanov, holy cow, where did this guy come from? You right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> geez, Louise, I mean, he lost this fight, but I'm very interested to see what's up What's up for him because there's no way, even off a loss, there's probably many Bantamweights right now that are mm -hmm. signing up to fight him. But uh, your guys' thoughts on what was the first time that I think we've ever seen Saeed really dominated like that, uh, but then obviously able to overcome it with another nice submission, man. Um, no, yeah, Kopramanov. So he's got the L on his record now, but... I in no way think he needs to hang his head at all for this. No. I think he very much came away with all sorts of wins from this performance. Same thing, man. Um, mm -hmm. And I, it made me really think, you know, the way he was able to press Saeed back and just, in, you know, really make it a grappling-heavy exchange um, and just completely pressure Saeed the entire time made me wonder if he's almost kind of showing a little bit of a blueprint and how to handle a little bit of um, the daggy wrestling, you know, kind of give him a taste <laughs> of their own medicine because yeah. Saeed just, I mean, he just looked uncomfortable you know i don't know how yeah. else to say it and to be and just to be honest my thoughts on it right after he ended up getting the sub was oh yeah he, good job he kind of caught him but i mean he it was looking real bad you know for the from yeah. the beginning to right there so good for saeed to, to kind of squeak one out there but i mean man kakramanov is uh someone to not uh not forget about he's gonna be on notice. i agree yeah i think saeed for this one you know to be able to because with somebody striking that level, you you do get excited for those type of matchups. Yeah. But as you move up, eventually you're going to get fed somebody who will try to take you down and control you, and you'll have to pull something out of your hat, and he did it. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think that he did a really good job of um, – just rebounding from that and yeah. you know sometimes you don't get a win and a lesson and he was definitely able to pull this one out i don't even know if there's a lesson in it. i mean where's the lesson i mean he just got dominated man like same thing like the bobby green if i show you that first round 
I mean, I could even show you all literally all the way up until he taps. Because even as Saeed was locking in that guillotine, he was still working a single. Maybe that was kind of some of the problem. He probably could have afforded to address the choke a little bit there instead of fighting for the takedown so much. He got away with the first one. In the first round, Saeed had a, had a really deep yeah. guillotine, but he was able to get out of it and kind of defend. So he probably so, thought he could get Yeah, I think out. he was a little greedy maybe in that second round because it, it was about <laughs> the same position, but Saeed was able to kind of lock it up a little more. Yeah, I just... I just don't know what more. I mean, I, I said just, I mean, I think Brandon hit it. That's, that was my thought too, is this might be what if you, I mean, which is kind of, if you go back to, I'd have to go back and play, but I think if you go back to the um, Islam Charles fight, that's what we all kind of said is Charles might be better off just coming out and getting all over him, getting in mm -hmm. his face and, man, you see it here, but I guess maybe too, you have to have that ability to just take the fight down at will and, I don't know. I just really, I mean, just really shocked here because I kind of thought, you know, for Saeed, it was kind of going to be, you know, he just cracked the rankings at mm -hmm. number 15, um, and we can kind of transition into that. But having just cracked the rankings, being here at the end of 2022, what's your guys' thoughts now on the ceiling uh, for Saeed as we head into 2023? You know, I think we all pegged him for a future title contender. Uh, but does kind of last night maybe give you some pause on that? Or how long maybe does it take him? Maybe not pause, but does it maybe take him a little longer? Because I'm sitting here thinking too, right off the top of my head, a guy like Ricky Simone, more than capable of this division, who's ranked a little higher than him, to go out and do this exact same thing to him. I don't know, man. Because part of me wonders too, how much of this is just, we're going to be talking about Kong Romanov down the road. It's and this is going to be one of those fights we look it's back on. And, you know, remember when he did this to Saeed. Like Saruki and Islam. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I still think Saeed is that guy. I yeah. still think he has an incredibly high ceiling. And he's he has so well-rounded. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that this just happened to be, he just ran into somebody who maybe has a little bit of his number. I, I just kind of think that's mm -hmm. what this was. Yeah. yeah, and I think, I mean, because, because of the overcoming of it, I do think that there's like a... a a gift and a curse of is you did see how to make a fight very difficult for him, but you also sure see he can, you know, he can rebound from that, but there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of interesting, you still have Umar who's, you know, close to him yeah. in the rankings, <clears throat> Ricky Simone, like you said, you know, people like, I didn't even think about Umar. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, those are two really tough. Is Umar, I thought Umar was 45. They both are. Or they're both, um, no, he's a, he's a Bantamweight. Um, Umar's Bantamweight? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought he was a 45. Nope. I know. He's, he's number 11 right now. I thought him and Usman both were. Because yeah. I, always, I always thought that's why Usman was probably not in a huge rush to get to the UFC. Yeah. And Kakramanov has lost to Umar as well. Mm -hmm. So he has two losses to... Dude, I went through, you know, I know it's crazy. I went through Cockramon, because I'm telling you guys, same thing. If you didn't watch this fight, it was kind of early, which kind of shocked me because Saeed is ranked. I went through Cockramonov's uh, record. He actually fought at Hoosier Fight Club. Oh, he nice. He faced Askar Askar, who's another pretty well-rounded, um, I think Askar's in like LFA right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was like, holy cow, he's actually fought in Indiana. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I I don't know. It's like, like Brandon said, you know, you're... Good for Saeed, but man, it's hard not to also walk away being like, "Who's this Cockerman? What are we going to do?" He's only twenty-seven. Yeah, it's I mean, crazy, so man. he's got plenty of time to, you know, get back into it. Boys, that is all I had on the dock. Um, Brandon, it is time to crown <laughs> a new champion. Our two thousand twenty-two picks champion start out in third place, and then announce our winner. Okay, so for this year, we have in third place. No surprise. <laughs> 
John. How many points did John score this week? I didn't even count. I can do it real quick. <laughs> Actually, um, I think he got three. He got three for Sarukian, for Sarukian yeah. and then one for so we got four total. So that puts you at I remember. 71. Hey, broke 70. Yeah. I'll let you boy. 71 points. <laughs> there you go. 71. I'm, I'm really going to try to go back. If I can commit to it this week or next week for the first episode as we start over, and I'm going to try to find our percentages because I really just want to know how bad John did. Oh, dude, I feel like there was so a couple no-point weeks in there. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll, and if you want next year, I can really commit. I can maybe figure out a, I can get like some sort of system or an Yeah, that'd be fun. I think it'd be stuff. Um, But okay, and then in second place. No, no, or do you this go is first? the winner. This is okay, the winner. winner. And the winner. The winner of the picks challenge is Nate. Oh, let's go. So I was thinking about it when the fight started. I was kind of going through and really all you had to do was pick one right. You you had to get I one winner. Yeah, because I had three, yeah. didn't I? So and if I had, just got one point, it would have been yeah. mathematically. And, and he wasn't even picking for an actual winner. He's just picking to not lose to you, essentially. So maybe what the strategy was for you is to agree with me on one. Because say maybe, if we maybe then, get you on then, points right, around, yeah. Because if you would have picked Sarukian, but he did pick Strickland, so if that decision goes the oh, other I guess way, that matter. well, I had unanimous for both of those fights. Mm. So if I had gotten uh, both, of, got. well, if I had to have gotten, it depends because like if you had been right, well, no, because you had a round and uh, you had a yeah. finish for both of them, so I still could have taken. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. And let me say this, and I'll never get credit for it, but I I should go back and document this. There was a point where Brandon was running away with this, and mm-hmm. I want to say it was back in like September, October. It was it was the uh, the fight card that we picked for. It was like seven points. It was the oh, young. Dude, I think O'Malley. there was one point where you were like 13, 14 up. Oh, I thought yeah. it was then. Okay. And I had this thing in my head where I'm like, "Look, I've been slacking. I had just gotten on second shift. I'm like, man, I need to dial this in. I can do this. I know I can do this. So I just went harder than ever on my picks. And then you started my making, research. And then you started making some handicap situations started for like chipping a million away. points. Chipping you away. started getting a little sweaty at some point where it's like, chipping he, away. he was comfortable. and was like, oh man, I got to go last. But here's the thing. That's two years in a row where you've almost I, had it. I, should, that's a good I point. will admit. Just, that's a good point. Yeah, this bag. is two second places in a row. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I will say when I was kind of high up on the leaderboard, I was I was getting a little lazy with my my research and insight. It'll, it'll and do it to so, you, man. Yeah. It's easy. At least uh, just don't not watch fights like John. No, that'll never happen. Come back next I mean, week. He still hasn't won yet. Come back next week. I've Wednesday. also never gotten last or scored zero but points. I'd rather have <laughs> one. I'd rather have multiple, one ring, multiple zero. Points. I'd rather have one championship and then a loss than have zero second places. Boys, we have a lot more to get to, uh, so let's jump in right now. To our game, John, two truths and a lie. Um, I want to try to pull up some music. I kind of forgot it. That is my fault. But if you want to go ahead and explain, go All ahead. All right. So we're going to do two, two truths and one lie. Uh, I picked out seven fighters. And essentially how this is going to work is I'm going to read out three statements about this fighter. And what you're going to do is you're going to have to pick out the lie from the three. So out of, you know, if if you think that one is the truth and two is the truth, then you'll write three is the lie. So it's one, two, and three is your answers. Mm-hmm. And we're writing down the number that we think is the lie. Yeah. Okay. So yep. um, Ooh. this is called Beamer Boys. Nice. <laughs> Chances are we will get a YouTube ad at some point. So I will have to kill the music. <laughs> right. Uh, so this is an interesting chance for Brandon to, you know, put put Nate in its place on these games so jeez oh, I, I have less less confidence in a game but we'll yeah, see if you, if you lose the picks and this game to him it's gonna be a rough start for you Ugh. next year 
Okay, so this is you're gonna give three facts about a fighter. Yeah, we just have to tell you which well, one the lie. Three is. statements, because obviously right. a lie can be a. Can fact. you A, B, and C him, and we'll just give you the well, answer. Well, I just a, have B. it one, two, and three. Okay, so turn that down like a tinge. Yep. So you just write the number of what you think is the lie. If you need him to repeat one of them, just let me know. You guys ready? Let's do it. All right, our first fighter is Brock Lesnar. Okay. Our statement one is he's the only person to have won all the primary heavyweight championships in the WWE, UFC, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and the NCAA. That's our first statement for Brock Lesnar. Okay. Statement number two is he's a purple belt in BJJ. And our statement number four is he wears a 4XL in MMA gloves. So you're writing down which one you think is the lie. Both of you locked in? Pretty sure I know this one. Okay, fellas, turn them over. Both of you are wrong. Oh, I put he one is, as well. He's actually a blue belt in jujitsu. Oh, he's not I a purple thought, if belt. I thought he was a brown. No, but he's. I didn't um, know he wrestled in New Japan. That was the one yeah. that made me think it was a lie. Yeah, that's. Um, I thought that one was interesting, and then I wasn't sure if maybe you guys would have thought three X instead of four X for no, the. I knew no, I knew. I remember big, that. Yeah, because yeah. I think Shane Carwin's were like a five. Yeah, it was ridiculous. They had to like custom make them. So there's one down. Uh, our next fighter is George Saint Pierre, and. Um, our statement one is he's fought more times in Canada than he has in Las Vegas. Our statement number two is he's fought outside the UFC to defend his TKO welterweight title after his loss to Matt Hughes. And our statement three is he has more finish victories than decision victories. What was number two? Number two is he fought outside of the UFC to defend his TKO welterweight title after his loss to Matt Hughes. And then what was number three? Number three was he has more finish victories than decision victories. And then number one was he's fought more times in Canada than he has Las Vegas. Okay. You guys got your answers? Yep. Flip them. Nate, you're right. <sighs> he's actually fought 11 times in both. He's fought 11 times. 11 times in, in Canada and 11 wow. times in Vegas. I thought the second one was crazy. The fact that the UFC let him yeah. go to a whole other organization. I remember reading that. that when I did the Joe yeah, GSP thing. Crazy. Yeah. All right, so Nate has a point. Let's keep it going. Next, we have Jose Aldo, one of my boys. Statement one is he is, well, is and was the youngest champion in WEC history. Statement two is he's medaled in all four belt rankings in BJJ competition meaning blue, purple, brown, and black. And statement three is he has two, he has back-to-back -back wins via soccer kick. So he has two wins in a row via soccer kick is the third. What was the first one again? First one is youngest champion in WEC history. Second one is he's medaled in all four rankings in a BJJ competition and then has back-to-back -back wins via soccer kick. Okay. You guys I feel like this is wrong. I'm, Let's I'm go. Just, this is stupid. Let's see it. And that's Brandon. Yeah. He actually hasn't competed at Black Belt. He's only won in uh, blue, purple, and brown. Yeah, so that'd be su pretty surprising. I was like, I, I would know has. that. As soon as I put three, I'm like, I bet he has soccer kicks. It was crazy. <laughs> it was a soccer kick, and the second one was a tap out from soccer kick. So he was just eating him, and the dude's just like Jeez. tapping out. Uh, so now that puts us, what, tied up now? Yeah, one, one more. All righty. Our next fighter is Yuri Prohashka. And this one was so hard to narrow down because this guy just is the most interesting person I've I'm ever read guess. about. Uh, the first statement is via his Wikipedia. It states that he's gotten over 100 street fights as a teen, leading him to a hooligan club where he would partake in group street fights against other clubs. Uh, statement two is he earned a gold medal in the Czech Muay Thai National Championship. And number three is out of his three, 33 total fights, only four of them have made past the first round. That's win or lose. 
So he has 33 fights total. Um, only four of them make it past the first round. He, that he's earned a gold medal in Thai and Muay Thai National Championship in the Czech, and that he's been in 100 street fights and joined a hooligan. Pretty club. confident on this one. Ready? Okay, flip him. Three and three. You are both correct. Yeah. He actually has seven fights that made it out of the first round. Um, some of those losses, some of those wins. Funny enough about the Muay Thai thing. After watching Never Back Down, he decided to start training yes. Muay Thai boxing. I think I remember that. I think I've, I've heard them talk about that. And the the Wikipedia one was a little bit more of a gimme, but I just had to say that out loud. That yeah. this guy, as a teen, <laughs> did 100 street fights and joined a hooligan club. And did club versus club fights. It said sometimes 30 versus 30. Uh, all right, next we're moving on to Hamzat Chemaev. Um, his first one is he's fought more times in the U.S. than he has Abu Dhabi. The second statement is he's married. And the third one is he's won a fight bonus in each of his first five fights in the UFC. So the first statement being he's fought more times in the U.S. than Abu Dhabi. The second statement is he's married. And the third one is he won a fight bonus in each of his first five fights. I feel like you're UFC. trying to trick me here. Pretty, pretty, That's why pretty I'm picking. confident about this. Okay, go ahead and flip them. You're both right. Yeah. He's oh, actually one, two, yeah. He fought three times in the U.S. and See, four I, times I, in Abu well, Dhabi. Well, I remember the Fight Island thing because, like, it was when they were only on Fight Island when he kind of debuted. Mm -hmm. He fought, like, three weeks yeah. back to back to back. Well, what's crazy is his fight before that debut was in Abu Dhabi before he made it into yeah. the UFC. The, I didn't know he had I just I didn't know he had a wife. That's surprising. Me neither. I was like, oh, this dude just randomly got married. Oh, those... And I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way, but like even Habib, it's like those kind of Muslim guys. Mm -hmm. I think I think Islam's married. Like they just keep it very, very private. private. Yeah. 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 All right, fellas. Moving on. We got two more fighters left. What do, what do we got for the score right now? Three to three, I think. Yeah, deadlocked. Right. Uh, our next fighter is Sean O'Malley. Uh, statement <laughs> one is he defeated Takanori Gomi by guillotine choke in the Quintet Ultra Grappling Tournament. Uh, number two is his first five fights took place in Montana. And statement three is all of Sean's fights have taken place in Las Vegas in the UFC. So number one is he defeated Takanori Gomi by guillotine choke in the Quintet Ultra Grappling Tournament. I remember him in that that Quintet, but I was trying to say it again. Say them all three again. He defeated Takanori Gomi by guillotine choke in the Quintet Ultra Grappling Tournament. Number two is his first five fights took place in Montana. And number three is all of his fights in the UFC have taken place in Vegas. All of his fights in the UFC. Uh, okay. You locked I, in over there, Brandon? I don't like it. You got Brandon. You're right. Yeah, I knew His it. last fight was on Fight Island. Uh, the shot, uh, that's the, why, that's how I knew that was wrong. And I, but he's actually from Montana. I knew that. So I his knew first that five one was fights, right. And then in that Gomi or in that tournament, he tapped Gomi. He I got. I, I just couldn't see the match. I he got. It was, uh, a, it was a good game team. He yeah. got tapped by um, uh, who's a who's the dude yeah, from uh, Bellator, the, the eighty fiver, Gegard? No, the one who like they thought was going to beat Anderson. Um, mm, I don't know. I can't remember. And then he had a, a draw with Gilbert Melendez. Mm. Um, all right, so Brandon's up one. Mm-hmm. Nate, you're gonna have to pull this last one out because our last Let's fighter go. is Jeff the Snowman Monson. Oh, oh, my oh God. are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Just give me the point now. Yeah, no, I don't even kidding. know anything. <laughs> okay, so um, this is gonna be a complete guess. Number one is he has a hundred MMA fights total, wins and losses and draws. Number two is he's a two-time ADCC gold medalist, and number three is he's fought Tim Sylvia, Daniel Cormier, and Fedor. 
Can you say them one more time? Yep. Uh, the first one is he has 100 MMA fights total. Second one is he's a two-time ADCC gold medalist. And the third one is he's fought Tim Sylvia, Daniel Cormier, and Fedor. Okay. Locked in. Let's see what we guys got. Both of you are wrong. Oh, wrong? He has 89 total fights, not 100. He's won ADCC twice. He's silver. Are you two sure? Other. I really? I two, yeah. two gold medals? Yeah. That's what Wikipedia said. I think somebody's trolling, dude. I just, because when we did the ADCC stuff, I just went through. I did not see his name on there. And then the uh, last one, I was I was surprised that he's fought Fedor. He actually did a bare knuckle fight against Fedor's brother. It's a. Uh, I knew he fought who he had fought. I mean, Brandon wins regardless because we both made the same answer. Yeah, wins by one. Uh, so congrats to Brandon on that. This ADCC thing. Yeah, I don't know about the ADCC. I need some investigation. <laughs> right here. Monson, two-time winner of ADCC submission oh, grip. Can you go to like the year? That's crazy. Um, you gotta, you'd have to find the year. So, yeah. Hold on right here. Yeah, back up. That's interesting. Yeah, there's right 2005 here. 2005. I'm trying to think of when he would have won. I don't know about that. It's very interesting. They said he won it in 1999 in Abu Dhabi and 2005 in Long Beach. Both plus. Well, one was minus 99 and the other one was plus. The Long Beach one's more surprising to me because back in the 90s, the ADCC so we'll look at that john let's get into the news going on the news mm, going on the news mm, mm. And if you don't like it brandon will punch you and give you a bruise hey right. john What's up? this is the last news of the year yeah last news of the year maybe we don't even know this yeah point. i don't know if i can trust we might me. say we might find something something might pop up and if you're one of cliffhanger Top five Christmas movies coming right after the news. So stick yeah. around. We're going a little long. All right. So um, first we have Derek Lewis and uh, Sergey Spivak being rebooked to headline UFC Vegas 68 in February. Um, we also have Holly Holm fighting Yana Kunitskaya. Close enough. Kunitskaya. Kunitskaya. Booked for March 25th. Um, and then we have Marvin Vittori fighting Roman Dalidze. Little surprised by that. That mm -hmm. feels like a bit. I mean, we did say after Roman's last fight, like I think my quote was, hello, big fight next. Yeah. So, yeah, I figured I did not think it was going to be Marvin Vittori. And not only that, is they're trying to work it at 286, which will be in London. So yeah. that'll be, you know, hopefully Leon and somebody. Like, there's it's it's going to be a huge big fight for Dolice. But yeah. he deserves it, man. He's looked so good. But, man, Vittori's going to be a tough fight. Yeah. So those are our fight announcements. Um, I had this that would be interesting because we've been talking about the judging. The California Commission formalized a new rule for traveling combat sport judges. The rule will disallow CSAC judges and referees from traveling across the country to work multiple events on back-to-back -back days which is something that we had in one of the judges in the Patty Pimblet fight who had just, he did the Bellator fight the night before and flew uh, over. And he had a very, had a really bad yeah, decision I think too. it's, is it Kearney? What's his name? Doug Kearney? I just remember Doug. Clarney? Yeah. So, yeah, so what happened was in the, uh, the Raytheon Stotts and Pat Sabatini, mm -hmm. excuse me, sorry guys, I'm still sick. He had a 50-45. He gave 50-45 for Sabatini, which, once again, didn't watch it, but apparently it should have, like, he didn't, most people, including a lot of MMA journalists and people, he didn't win one round of that fight. So it should have been 50-45, like, to the point where people thought maybe he just filled out the wrong card or whatever. So he turned in this very sketchy, questionable fight card, and then 24 hours later is judging at UFC, and he turned in, you know, the bad card for Patty mm -hmm. and... um Contributed to the Blachowicz, Uncle Live. Was he the one that scored at the draw? 
No, that was Sao Diamato, I believe. Okay, but God. yeah, so it takes it takes away. I mean, you gotta th- you gotta think you have more judges than that to have to not make people yeah here, you know, fly here, across. Here's what I want, man. Honestly, just at a minimum, when you talk about judging, at a minimum, what I want is just forcing the judges to experience a like a again pros fight um, press conference where they have to be asked by the media nice. how they got to score what they scored. Like mm-hmm. at a minimum, when we talk be about nice. like, changing judging, I feel like that alone would be dramatic. Or at least, even if you don't do, even if you don't do an interview, just a statement for mm-hmm. each, you know, major decision. Like it could just be on the main card, or you know, maybe media members can request, like, "Hey, we want three, you know, you, you get three statements that you can get about three decisions, or so, I don't know something." But it's like, it seems like it could be so simple because then I think it would really. But if you're the athletic commission, that probably freaks you out because guys like this ding dong are going to start talking and you're going to be like, Oh, this guy knows nothing mm, yeah. because people are already like digging up old interviews that he did. I think one of them's on like Chael Sonnen. He did one with Chael and, um, it was like a very questionable like statement that he made about how he looks at fighting. Like basically I can't remember the full extent of the quote, but essentially saying that like, he kind of goes into every fight with like <laughs> kind of like preconceived, outcomes or notions of how he thinks it's gonna like it's it was just wild like it made like no (laughs) sense and he's on record as saying this like he kind of goes into it with like basically saying he's got biased already like yes exactly like the fight play out in my head there's already like bias that goes into it and he's already like and then he said something like he he compares it like he references back to like old fights to how he judges current fight like it was like nuts dude like this guy has no business judging you might need to have to people like like renew their license by like explaining three of their decisions the year yeah. prior or something, just so people can like commissions can get an idea of. I mean, it happens in every sport, you know, like the right. NFL. They put referees under investigation, and, and I mean, it doesn't happen much, but there is times where you know they get suspended mm-hmm. uh, for making bad decisions in games and stuff like that. So it can happen, and there's no reason why it shouldn't happen in mixed martial arts either. Yeah. So uh, another thing I had, I just thought it was probably one of the best moments this week in uh, MMA Twitter. Sean O'Malley tweeting that I just want to fight in July at least. So Aljo and Henry need to fight in March, not April. Hustle up. To which Cejudo replies, you should fight Patty. The judges won't know who to rob. <laughs> and by far the best tweet in MMA. God and, and, and it's Cejudo. You want the you want the cringe and the corny, but. I don't yeah, know who, yeah. who actually, wrote that, maybe. It's actually a good one. But, yeah, man, <laughs> such an amazing <laughs> retort. Uh, and now, now I just want to see how all that breaks out even uh, more. And I know we've been confused about what's happening with Sean and stuff anyways, but it sounds like he looks like he's ready to one win. One little thing on that. I actually was watching um, Sean O'Malley and uh, what's his coach's name? Tim Welsh. Tim Welsh. They were breaking down the Patty fight. And Sean actually said, he was like, I watched that fight. He said, we had a whole room full of guys watching it, and not a single guy in there thought that Patty won. He was, And he was saying, like, the level of, of backlash Patty's getting, he was like, if people were like that, felt like that about my fight, ugh. Like, that was a direct <laughs> quote from yeah. Sean. I was like, yeah, man, like yeah. that. You're just not around those type of yeah. people. But um, moving on, we have the Fight Pass Invitational 3 results um, that saw Mason Fowler defeating Luke Griffith to win the absolute um little background Impressive obviously for performance Luke. by mason fowler luke's replacing uh nikki rod who had the main event for that Vinny. Yeah. um what's his last Angle name H. him dropping out for injury uh super fight results being bay mosquito bia, right? bia. bia mosquito defeating misha tate big dan manasui yep pretty defeats good. ricardo evangelista just did you see that mm-hmm. smother tapped him like Oof. it was like literally like I'll show, I, I think I deleted my account already, but I think I might still have access to it. But just like super hit, nice guy, 
10 seconds just smother tapped him in 10 seconds it, it wasn't like 10 but it was like really fast Oof. and then obviously the main event gordon ryan defeating nikki rod um great, great. i mean i don't know if you guys seen him talk about what happened with that uh was it a toehold oh yeah. god he basically said yeah i broke i knew it and did you hear it oh yeah oh my gosh i mean there's just a different oh, type of human i can't watch it man i like saw that video that you sent i think and like mm -hmm. now i've seen as soon as i see people sharing it i'm just nope yeah, yeah. i just can't hear oh yeah i just sound like you're popping bubbles or something and here's the thing like watching it is like right i was i think i was talking to jacob about it is the leg injury that Gordon got to from that right before that was very similar to how Nikki and Gordon's ADCC match ended. Very similar injuries. Um, and Gordon was in really good, and he had to bail on it. Like, I mean, as soon as he, like, let it go, like, obviously watching it, the fight passes, audio didn't pick up the pops, but, like, you saw it was really tight, and the way Gordon kind of reacted. see the ref? The ref, yeah, was like, uh, the ref was like cringing yeah, as it because he, uh, I mean, you know, he had probably to hear heard it, too. it. Yeah. But like, even the commentators didn't call it. That's what was weird. But yeah, you just knew it was something really tight when Gordon had to completely bail on a really, I mean, he was pretty tight on that. When well, he talked the about heel. Did you guys listen to Gordon's press fight or post fight? Know. He talked a little bit about it. And the first thing was the greasing. But the second mm -hmm. thing was, you know, I just really wasn't respecting his mechanics because uh, he doesn't do a lot of leg locks. And then next thing I know, yeah. like, I just kind of break it. you talk about leg. wrinkles, man. When you get away from people and you're training, with different people and doing different things it was an interesting match <clears throat> you know i don't want to go too deep into it but you know it was a really interesting match i mean i i don't know if maybe gordon got a little tired at one point i felt like he was there was one point where he was just kind of laying flat on his back and looked like he was taking some pretty deep breaths which i feel like we haven't seen so much from him especially on his flow matches and stuff um he hasn't competed since adcc obviously took some vacation some time off so maybe just and I, I think I was telling Jacob, maybe he was prepping for the Vinny match, and he's like, I'm going to kill this guy. And then mm -hmm. he ends up getting this young killer in Nikki Ra that's just go, go, go. Uh, but I'll tell you what, man, there was a couple things. You, you know, Gordon always tries to go for, like, one particular thing, it seems like. And he, he kept trying to work this, like, sweep kind of from bottom half guard. And it got close the first, like, two times. And then it's like Nikki just caught on, man, and just shut it down. And then I think it was just all about getting to the overtime rounds. But, yeah, the overtime was... So fun, man. Mm. I mean, and, and and here's the thing. As fun as that ending was and as close as Nikki made that right there at the end, which I do think Gordon can see the tap. He said it was in, it was on the teeth. He said he could feel his teeth like grinding. grinding. Oh. It was just like such a tight, which I mean, can you imagine Nikki Rogers squeezing your jaw? Oh. oh, my gosh. I couldn't imagine. I mean, eating steak for a month. Yeah, I think he said he thought his teeth were going to explode. Um, so I think he knew he was okay. Um, but I will say in that second round, Gordon, when Gordon was on his back, Nikki's back, wrote out the whole two minutes and just showed the levels. I mean, that in itself, that two minute back ride by Gordon is, I mean, mwah. I mean, yeah. it was just the way he was able to stay on Nick. I can show you guys that too. Just insane. Um, some of the stuff he was doing to stay on Nikki's back. So, which ultimately be, won him the match. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get down the road. It's going to be a fun rivalry, man. And yeah. I think, you just get that vibe watching that. Like one day, this this is probably going to be the guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and shout out to our boy Heisam Rita, uh, mm -hmm. who competed in the absolute. Did go out first round to um, Guardia, uh, yeah, Guardia. Yeah, I can't remember off the top. <clears throat> I can't remember, but another big opportunity for him. You know, to perform on a big. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a killer's bracket, man. It was a killer bracket, um, but just a good opportunity for him to be on a big jujitsu card again. You know, UFC. They said they want to start committing, so we'll see to, you know, no grappling. So I mm -hmm. hope so. 
And um, just a little quick throw, and I don't know if you guys seen Gordon Ryan basically saying, addressing like attempting to fight. He's waiting for somebody on the team to finally win, you know, yeah. absolute, so he can kind of break away from He's it. He's been saying that for a while. Yeah, which I mean, Big Dan is looking good out here, man. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, Would have liked to see him in that absolute. Yeah. Uh, lastly, we do have some unfortunate news. Uh, BJJ star Orlando Sanchez passing away. Um, the cause of death hasn't been made public, but the the BJJ community has obviously been pouring out support and love for Sanchez. He won ADCC uh, plus 99 kilograms in 2015 and also won IBJJF Worlds at Blue Belt. Yeah, it's sad news, man. Big O, I think he was the first American to win the plus 99. Uh, and, I mean, just, man, just such a lot. You know, I think more recently people probably know him from that Sean Strickland video mm-hmm. uh, as of recently where they were uh, – their training and Strickland said that he was like uh, wrist locking. Yeah, I don't popping that elbow with the. Yeah, uh, but man, just so sad. I I didn't see. You know, I still haven't seen what happened. Very. I mean, we just saw him at ADCC and he was full of life and seemed mm-hmm. obviously very healthy to be there and competing. So, uh, just yeah, I can't imagine, man. So sad for his family. I know he had young kids as well. So yeah, just a real real sad news uh, for the Nogi grappling mm-hmm. world for sure. That's all I have for the news. All righty. Are you boys ready before we get out of here for our top five Christmas movies? And I'm going to start with the list that I think is probably going to give us a lot of Miracle on 34th Street, um, White, White Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> uh, so, Brandon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, oh, you think that's my list? Okay. I'm with, I was, Black I was and checking White, out for uh, get, James Dean. Uh, no, I uh, think. I like Charlie Brown's Christmas. Uh, no, this is really. In I, Spanish. I uh, the really, Grinch cartoon. Okay. So, Let's go. Uh, st- are, are yours in any particular no, this order? Is, this okay. is no order. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So, the first one is Scrooged with Bill Murray. Have you guys seen that Never one? seen it. Okay. Mm. That's really sad. I it's know. a great I, movie. That's your number one. Oh, you're not doing it in order. No okay. order, but that's fantastic. Bill Murray kills it. Um, it's a fantastic movie. By the way, not shocked that he's leading with a movie not from his childhood. I just full, kind of totally expected that, but go ahead. Okay. So, the second one, I, I kind of put this, lumped these two together because people may argue they're not a Christmas movie. Um, so, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. Either either you one of those. You definitely went against the grain on this list. I like that. I, I, do like I mean, it. that's you though. I, I you know, do like you. it. I do yeah. like it. I like it. Okay, so Cause, then because here's both good movies. I know me and John. I've never seen either. I've so far. I'm over three on yours. There's two on this list that are probably going to be like okay, classic. Okay, so I'll do one of those. Yeah, because me and John's are probably going to be similar. So Christmas Story. So that's one. I just I love Christmas Story. I watch it at least once every year. <laughs> I like that one. It's good. Brandon, this is the worst Christmas movie list I think I've what? ever heard. Are you joking? Okay. Keep going. Keep going. So the next one is Bad Santa with Billy That's Bob Thornton. That's a funny Hilarious. One. Didn't make my list, but it is yeah. funny. And then my last one is the old school Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh yeah. You know what? <laughs> this list turned out exactly how I thought it was. <laughs> if you run this tape back, I'm pretty sure I said, you know, White Christmas, Miracle on 34th, The Grinch cartoon, Charlie Brown Christmas. Pretty on What are you talking yes. about? I got one of those. Not exactly the ones. It's in the vein. Pretty much in the vein of what I was thinking. You haven't even <laughs> seen one of the movies on my list. This is what I'm... I, I do like the Charlie Brown one. I might commit to making a graphic to post on our IG just so people can give their feedback because we oh want to hear people's gosh. choices I'm, I'm well. ready to hear your guys' This might, That might have been the worst Christmas movie list ever Brandon we'll see but as I always say do not change you go ahead John All are right. yours in any particular order um 
I did the dirty work. I did something that hey, these this is this is serious stuff, and I went mm-hmm. ahead and ranked mine, and I'm willing to take all the heat. I did. I feel really good, strong about one through three, four and five. Okay. I had to keep rotating, and I kind of because I'm going to start from five and work my way up because okay. they are ranked in order. Right. But go ahead, you do. You. Okay, so I'll do the same. Um, at five, I have Elf. I made that statement, um, and I'm standing on it. I think it's okay. a great movie. Uh, number four, I have not a fan. Okay, that's fine. It's okay. Oh yeah. my gosh, I like Elf. It's um, number four, I have Friday After Next. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. <laughs> that's pretty funny. You're not getting uh, dog on him for that one. No, it's a good movie. Have you it's seen funny. it? Yeah, I've seen it's it. Good. I mean, it's a great Christmas comedy. Okay. It would make, it would never make my list. It's like kind of like corny, slapsticky, but I do I mean, like all that Christmas stuff. movies are kind of yeah, funny. yeah, for sure. Uh, number agree. three, I have Jingle All the Way. Um, hard to yeah, hard to pass that. I remember I probably watched that tape a hundred times as a kid. Uh, number two, I have Home Alone one. I like two, but yeah. one was just nostalgia. Mm. And for number one, I have the Santa Claus, Tim Allen. You just can't beat it. Mm. like that. So it's funny you say the Home Alone thing. It is on my list. And we watched this year Home Alone 2. And I'm like, you know what? I might like two a little better than one. The pigeon Hot lady, take. The pigeon lady just weirded me out, man. Dude, her story's sad. Her real life oh, yeah. was kind of like that. Look it up. If you want want something to cry about this Christmas, look it up. (laughs) Boys, number five. These are in order. Um, So, like I said, I'll take the heat for it. Number five is the Santa Claus, Tim Allen. Mm -hmm. It came in at number five. Number four, Home Alone. I just went with the first one. I will, but I'm like, man, I'm going to marinate on this one-two thing. Definitely not three or four. Probably one of the best one-two punches, though, in Christmas movie history. I will say that. Those extra ones can stay. stay Number three, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Turbo Man, baby. Did that make your list? That was my number oh, three. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, we're both number three. So yeah. we're right in there. Number two. Can't believe this didn't make either's list. Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Mm-hmm. Just my, watched it tonight. So wait, movie. hang on. So you're going to make fun of me for th- for thinking that movie was going to be in my list and then put it in no, your list? He was no, talking you, about the cartoon, cartoon for you. Nothing. And then you oh, said Rudolph, which is like around the same time <laughs> of what I was thinking. Yeah. I just see you being like, I like the originals. So number two was The Grinch. And this number one, I will fight over. This is the one... That I will stand on. This is the number one greatest Christmas movie of all time, and it is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. No, it's very overhyped. No, yeah, it, it has everything. Nostalgia. It holds up. It's that slapstick kind of stupid corny comedy. Chevy Chase is everything. This movie, it it, it crosses generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I had it in my. I had my four and five. I kept rotating. And honorable mentions, I had How the Grinch Stole Christmas, The Jim Carrey, National Lampoons, and Four Christmases. So the only three of those. The only movie you guys had that I actually am like, man, I really probably should put that one on my list was The Santa Claus. It's a good one. That is one that I'm like, yeah. Did you guys watch The Santa Clauses? Yep. I have not seen that one yet. Doesn't get good until the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say that, and it's only more nostalgia. Honestly, I really didn't like a lot of the. I didn't like any of the other like ones they've done. Second one was okay. The first one was just a perfect mix of just like prime Tim Allen. Mm -hmm. Another thing I noticed: how many Christmas movies are set in Chicago? Google that. Probably got the best snow and Christmas. Google it. I told well, that's what I told Ash. I was like, you know, New York would make sense for that, and it's you know with the Rockefeller plot, like the Home Alone, kind of has Home that Home Alone vibe. One, Chicago, Home Alone Two, New York. But man, it's crazy when you Google how many Christmas movies because we were watching. I think it's a holiday, and that's where it takes place. And I was like, man, I feel like a lot of Christmas movies take place here. Well, you have like the big airport, so you can get the last minute yeah. coming and make it to Malls. see the kids. Yeah, Santa Claus, because um, and then the Santa Claus is took place there mm-hmm. and then come to find out Santa Claus was supposed to take place there as well even though they don't say but I mean, even like 
Christmas Story. That's in Indiana. Well, it takes place in Indiana in the movie. Yeah, wasn't it filmed in, in Cleveland? Yeah, though? they shot it in Cleveland. That's what so. I thought. One more uh, song of the week, Brandon. What you got for us? I wrote it down so I didn't forget. We're going to go with I Won't Be Home for Christmas by Blink-182. All righty. I like the Blink-182. Never heard the song, but I will listen to it because I do like Blink-182. John, what is your one for the people? Oh, man. I appreciate you guys. You guys have been a gift. Uh, it's been a fun fun year, and uh, I just hope for uh, more stuff next year. I hope you guys send us some ideas and we can do some bigger things for you guys, whether it's interviews or um, just just different games, whatever. One thing you hope to get for Christmas. Ooh, um, uh, eBay gift card. <laughs> for cards? Oh, 100%. Okay. <laughs> Personal collection, baby. Brandon, what is your one for the people? Oh, my one for the people. Hmm. Well, let me start with one thing I will hope to get for Christmas, uh, just because that's that top of my mind. Um, anything ra- I need new rash guards, so I'm <sighs> hoping I get at least one from multiple people. Dude, me and Ash almost got in a physical altercation the other day because she's like, "I just never know what to get you." I'm like, "I do jujitsu twice a week." Yeah, we've had that. We've had that conversation. Like, what do you mean? She's like, "I feel like I don't know anything about you." <laughs> I'm like, what? She's like, "Oh yeah, like I'm gonna know what to get." I'm like. I do a podcast with two people every single week who go with me. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that, dude. You and I, I, my stepmom asked me what I wanted, and I was just like, you can never go wrong with like gym shirts, some gym shorts, shorts yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. What's uh, one of your favorite gifts you got as a kid, if you can remember? Oh, dude, I think it has to be. I'll never forget the feeling of getting my Nintendo 64. Mm, we had the yeah. uh, we had the green, not that one, but it was the green, like, see-through one. Mm-hmm. I do remember God, coming over crazy. and playing uh, NBA and some of the other games that you had. And then my grandma got us these remote control VW bugs that, like, literally, I almost could have drove in it. Like, they mm-hmm. were mad. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm. They so, were massive. This was sure the game, or the game, no, the age discrepancy between us, because my one of my favorite gifts was the GameCube. Oh. oh. Yeah. God, you know, one you know my, based off your your Christmas movies, your the GameCube <laughs> would be something. How do you? Know, hell yeah, of course you would. Only understand. the worst gaming system of all time. Uh, there were some killer. Were you playing Luigi's Mansion? Def Jam Five from New York was my favorite game of all time. And Very you played game. it on the GameCube. Yeah. yeah. My uh, my best one that I remember is uh, Raw is War. My dad got it from KB oh, Toys for me. It was like the first game. wrestling game where you can customize yeah. people. And I just remember just, yeah. I played the crap out of that. That's a good one. TV on the floor, you know, back when you had your own personal yeah. little small fat back TV on the floor. Mm. Me and John actually became friends over High Heat 1999. You and John are like the same person based on your Christmas list. and Which is the same but list. very different. Yeah. Yeah. Just the... We did have the same number three, interestingly enough. Anything mm. else, though, Brandon, one for the people. That's all. That's all you got? Just your gift? Did I say anything else? I thought I said other stuff. No, you just said you were going to start with your um, gift, and you said rash guards. You know what? Two second places in a row, back-to-back, for this pick. It's kind of kind kind of, of pissed me off a little bit. I like I got, this. I got to say. He's coming back I with fire. I don't like oh. losing to, to John is one, t- one thing, you but then John like and Nate back-to-back. You man. shouldn't like it. Yeah. So, On the last uh, fight of the year, both times. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. That is very true. I came true. down to Eric Lewis and somebody else, and then you came down uh, to this one. I will say one one thing on that. There, There is not going to be any more, oh, we're down 16 points. Let's pick for 20 people in this one card to make it a fair fight. <laughs> hold on. So, even, so hold I'm just on. letting you know, next year, I'm not, I'm not handing out any freebies, okay? Because even when I took the lead, I had the lead in our last big pay-per-view card. To be fair, because I figured that would be something you would try to throw back in my face, we picked for like five Five on this uh, the last pay per view, 
I tried to make it fair. I even tried. It up. Tried. I evened it up. But you we shouldn't have even been there. You didn't make the right picks. Shouldn't have even been there. You didn't make the right picks. No, I'm just shouldn't saying. have even been there. So I'm just saying, there's no freebies next year. All right. All right. Whatever. Okay. My one for the people. Congrats to Argentina mm, on winning one. the World Cup. What an absolute Bop classic tried, with France. Oh, he's the best player in the world, man. Uh, you know, Messi. Obviously, Messi, I think, solidified Goated himself up. as the GOAT. Might have just passed Cristiano Ronaldo as a Manchester United fan as much as that hurts me, even given how Ronaldo's going out, although I don't entirely blame him for it. Um, man, what a... It's just hard to argue it now because Messi has the World Cup. Um, but, man, you can't walk away from that and not think Kylian Mbappe is not the best player in the world, man. And Messi set the record for scoring in every round yeah. of the tournament. Um, but just, yeah, I mean, that game was 2-0 in the 80th minute. Argentina had it seconds. wrapped up. And within about five minutes, France scores two, well, Kylian Mbappe scores two back-to-back goals to send it to overtime. Both teams scoring in overtime. I'm texting Brandon. Argentina's up 3-2, and I'm like, Kylian Mbappe has to tie this game. <laughs> and literally 10 seconds later, the handball, Kylian Mbappe scores the penalty. I was like, oh, my God, I called it. Um, but then even going to PKs, I mean, the game had everything. I've seen people calling it not just the greatest World Cup final of all time, but possibly the greatest soccer match of all time. What do you think those ratings are? I so I saw that they think over a billion people worldwide watched it. Crazy. And that's just on legal cable. Right. So imagine all the people <laughs> illegally streaming it in parts of the world where they don't have cable. Um, and if you're Argentina, it is a good thing that they won because a 2-0 lead at the 80th minute in soccer is like having a 33 to nothing lead in the third quarter in the NFL. You ain't losing that unless you're the Colts. You're the, Gotta get them draft picks, baby. <laughs> oh my God, John. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I am day drinking out of Chili's. Watching a 33 to 0 massacre, and I leave in the fourth quarter at the beginning, <laughs> and I get home, and we're in overtime. We're in overtime, yeah, man. Oh my uh, god, I don't I totally, want wins at this. I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> I, I 33 totally. to nothing in the third quarter, yeah. I mean, we don't talk about other sports a ton on this, and if you're still with us, thank you. 33 to nothing. How's that leader of men, Jeff Saturday, going? He's a leader of men. No, your men quit on you. Yeah, he's. I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm at this point. I want the draft pick. Oh my god! It, it's weird too because it's like you're not supposed to be in it. You know, they're ten and three. Our defense and special teams is going crazy. You don't lose thirty three point leads in the NFL in one quarter. That does not happen. Well, it does. They broke a record. Yeah. You know, they the yeah for the largest comeback in history. For the other team. And it's like, let's not even talk about the fact that they gave it to a quarterback who did this in the Super Bowl, but at least he yeah. did it at halftime. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. I lost Jonathan Taylor for the rest of the. We might as well leave him out at this point. I, I think you need to burn it down, buddy. Mm. Stop trying to hold on to these guys. Clearly, none of them want to be there. All they talked about is Jeff Saturday. Everybody's critiquing, but he's a leader of men. He's going to lead the men. Boy, one quarter, those men gave up. <laughs> I mean, it's like, no, how do you, that's like, you. that's even hard to do on Madden. <laughs> like, that's hard to do on a video game in one quarter. Like, you would literally have to, like, set nobody out there on the, I don't even know. Uh, but, yeah, uh, congrats to your Eagles, Brandon. Yeah, beating no beating my Chicago Bears head-to-head today. It's a little tight early, but it was a close game. I will say, walking away from it, the next five years, I would much rather have the number one in Navy as my quarterback than the number one in green. I will say that. 
You saying you'd rather have Justin Fields over Hurts? I don't know if you got that. One guy nope. threw three interceptions. One guy threw two and ran one. It's the whole team, Nate. <laughs> it's the whole team. <laughs> Merry freaking Christmas, you filthy Hurt, animals. Mark. And don't forget, next Wednesday, our December 28th, our award show, no Monday episode. We will see you guys then. And then the following week, we have a little New Year's special episode. And then we are back, boys, previewing fights. I believe it'll be on January 8th or 9th. Yep, something like that. But we'll be here until then. And uh, also, follow our social media accounts for any updates or anything that may happen. And if there's anything crazy that happens news-wise. Put in our story. You'll see it. We'll, we'll do an emergency episode, or I will, or we'll figure it out. But until <laughs> then. you and Miley. Peace. Bye.